Cybertech for those that are joining us. Welcome back to the playback. Um, it's Cybertech this week. There's conferences all week over in Tel Aviv. And uh, we're going to talk about that, why you should go, if you're going, what you should look for, uh, what professionals you should be networking with, other software security solutions that there are specifically for you in the cybersecurity, influ- uh, cybersecurity community. We're going to talk about Yotam, which is a leading voice for cybersecurity, you know, a huge enthusiast just like I am, probably even bigger than me in a sense, spends much more time on cybersecurity than I do. Um, he's got a lot of good passion about it. We're going to get into it. First and foremost, Yotam, what is cybertech? And then second, we're going to get into a little bit about the, uh, the ecosystem here in Israel. So hi, Yoel, thank you for having me on this lovely uh, day. Today is the first day of Cybertech uh, 2020. Uh, what started as a small local show seven years ago uh, actually matured into one of the biggest cybersecurity events in the world. It's actually currently the biggest one outside uh, of the mainland uh, United States and definitely the biggest one in, in Asia PAC and, and the EMEA region. Uh, what makes this uh, event so interesting is in addition to all the big players that you'll have in all the security shows, the McAfee's, the Symantec, the Checkpoints, Palo Alto's and the like, which are all represented here, uh, this enables you to see a, a glimpse of the local uh, cybersecurity ecosystem and really, uh, uh, you know, understand the current and, and, and future trends because you'll be seeing all the small up and coming startups that have literally there's no other way or place that you can see them. They have a special pavilion for them uh, they make it exceptionally cheap so everyone can, can participate. And that's really uh, your only chance to, I don't know, see about 70 uh, cybersecurity startups in, in, in one place. So that's what makes this show so uh, unique and interesting. Awesome. So if, if you're one of these cybersecurity companies, you come, you're like, okay, I'm sitting next to 70 other. How does one distinguish themselves? How do they get, how do they get what they need out of it? So um, other, I think that, that there's like a very main uh, uh, focus on the big companies and they do the big booth and, and all the, the shebangs and, and the giveaways. Other than that, small companies, as you said, they they don't have the marketing budget or they don't have the know-how. But what they do have is a a product or technology that addresses a specific need. So what's my uh, recommendation to the startup is take a look at the cybersecurity landscape. There are about 150 categories and you need to be able to convey very clearly which pain you're addressing. So if you're in IoT, or in mobile or in cloud, you should really focus on that fact and then explain what you're doing differently than others. Uh, We've seen uh, tremendous amounts of buzzwords in the last 10 years in the industry. Uh, Next gen is now a very old gen. Uh, That's true. AI, ML, behavioral, uh, we've had VR and AR. It's all come and gone. People are are sick of of all those buzzwords. They want you to explain uh, what they get out of the product. So a lot of the cybersecurity products that you're seeing now is actually not aimed at uh, solving security problems per se. It's not, they're not gonna stop threats, but they are facilitating the work of security professional. There's a whole branch that's called SOAR, Security Orchestration and Automation, that actually helps to deal with a massive amount of alerts. The security companies realize that the challenge is, is not uh, so much to identify the threats, but to handle them. 
So one of the things that these companies did very well was to speak to security professionals and explain to them what is the value of using their products and hence companies grew very quickly uh, to very uh, respectable sizes because they solved a very acute problem. So identify what part of the landscape you're, you're dealing with and how you're gonna tackle that uh, different. If you're doing it differently, then, then you might see a lot of traction. All right, so let's get right into a little bit about our ecosystem here in Israel when it comes to the cybersecurity industry. Let's jump right in, all right? This is, I think, those that I've spoken to many uh, influencers and professionals abroad that are here in Israel, many for their first time, which is really cool. Uh, they're only here for the week. They're only really get to see some touring, unfortunately. So uh, for all you guys welcoming, uh, uh, coming to Israel, we want to welcome you. Um, and if you guys need any help or anything, feel free to reach out with anything you need. I used to work in tourism in Israel, so I know all the sites and everything you should be seeing for first time or even returning visitors. But um, so let's have, provide some value here. First off, so people can understand, cybersecurity in Israel. What percentage of the cybersecurity startups in the world are in Israel? Uh, it's difficult to say. The numbers vary. But the consensus is there are about 300 cybersecurity startups here which makes it the higher cyber per capita in the world. Yeah, by uh, far though, but it's not even close. By far, and if you right. compare it to much larger countries like the UK or Germany, then we have, have more like, in total. They'll have like 70 cybersecurity startups or, or 100. Right. Okay? And we're much smaller. We're around right. 800, 8 million people and there's about 300. So you can do the math. That's pretty uh, nice, right? Yeah. There so if you, don't have a cyber, if you don't have a cybersecurity startup, it's like, what are you going to say? Yeah. Um, and the question bears, I mean, how, how much more can people innovate? But even this year, there's been about uh, a dozen or so new cybersecurity startups that have been founded. So apparently, there's a lot of uh, innovation that can still come into play. Uh, in addition to the total number and relative number, which are both impressing, uh, we have two things that we need to bear in mind when we talk about cybersecurity in Israel. Uh, while cyber wasn't invented here, okay, uh, it's definitely one of the places where it's put into practice the most, and that's because of our geopolitical uh, situation. Israel is facing threats uh, from its neighbors, from close and afar, and uh, the authorities here, the military forces, uh, uh, secret services, and the like, had to develop all these technologies to defend ourselves. All these proliferate uh, to the civilian walls when the people uh, finish their military service and then they can start their own companies. They don't have a lot of limitations on what they can do as long as they're not selling really hardcore offensive cybersecurity. So that kind of spawned the industry. In addition to that, we have a very strong uh, VC culture and ecosystem here in Israel. There are about 200 international and local bodies uh, doing venture capital here and that's a lot of money that's been poured into the industry and we have very strong academia that helps with uh, cybersecurity research how, so how, does academia, how does academia play a part uh, because a, a lot of the cybersecurity products they they require a long and, and tedious uh, research that takes years let's say the whole branch that deals with securing industrial systems that takes a lot of time and effort you now have specific cyber solutions for trains, for uh, for vehicles, for uh, even the maritime sectors. All this takes a lot of R&D that uh, the cyber industry is not always willing to uh, to intake. So this can be taken by the academia, and it also is another source of very qualified uh, manpower. So when you fuse the, the academic know-how, the military know-how, 
um, our, let's say, uh, entrepreneurial DNA and, and venture capital ecosystem, you get such an explosive uh, amount of startups. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Okay, so let's say if someone comes out of the army, someone wants to, uh, let's say someone, so would you say most founders, many founders come from Shmonima time, which is the 8200 unit, right? Correct. So why don't, uh, maybe if you can explain shortly, what is it unique about this unit, the experience that they gain um, that nowhere else let's say, um, in the world that other people don't get? What is so great about, let's say, this, the school, you can call it, right? Yeah. Well, I would say it's uh, it's unique in the sense that you can find similar talent and activities in GCHQ in the UK or NSA in, in the United States. Okay, these places have their own training schools and, and they do... Uh, uh, provide a lot of qualified manpower. But in Israel, the fact that people enlist into the army when they're 18, they spend three, even more years uh, doing very hardcore, hands-on activities in the cyber. You can imagine that they're doing a lot of offensive activities and also uh, uh, defensive cybersecurity. So the amount of experience that they gain within their service is something that is comparable to someone working in a civilian company for, for many years. Uh, but when they uh, conclude their service, they're 21, 22, they're, they're very hungry, they have a lot of energy, they don't mind you know, working uh, in a basement and developing the next solution. So they have all the skills, uh, the talent, and, and the drive, and that's really what makes this uh, possible. So, but the, now the NSA has 10 times the people than 8,200 does, right? I remember Netanyahu, right. Uh, the prime minister Netanyahu spoke about this last year at, um, at CyberTech. Right? I think he's speaking this year too. When is he speaking today or tomorrow or I think tomorrow? Well, he's still in DC, so uh, it remains right. okay, whatever. Him, whatever we make what? it back. Okay. Anyway, so, and he was saying that, that I remember this, the NSA is 10 times larger and he thinks it's going to be one of the biggest industries, which I, I agree with. I mean, cybersecurity is going to be the biggest, everything needs cybersecurity. You can think of how many different pieces and companies of cybersecurity just go into what we're doing now, right? Right. right. Live, the, the different, the, the Wi-Fi we're using, the internet that we're using, so many things that can, that can hack it. You know what I mean? We're connected through my phone. Like, like right now, there's so much cybersecurity protecting us. And then Every single app you use is really crazy when you think about it. Like it's every little thing, but just like you could think of all the every like almost electrical circuit that's in your life right now. You know what I mean? It can almost be, in a sense, can maybe be hacked. You know that we need cybersecurity for all of these things in order to make sure everything runs smoothly. Uh, but what you didn't address is you're saying so. I mean, it's not unique what uh, 8200 has in the army than let's say you know what was a GCHQ or the NSA. But then how can we have so many more people's uh, funding startups? Um, you know, people say, you know, when you leave 8200, people are waiting for your idea and ready to throw money at you often. So right. why why is that unique to hear than, let's say, the States, Britain, or any other country? Is it because just throwing some ideas out there? Um, is it maybe because that, let's say, the government is more liberal with you going, taking your ideas and immediately entering uh, the market in the private sector, or even that they're encouraging it? Is it, uh, is there more experience, is it more hands-on? Do you think people have more real life experience? Is it that there's more of a sandbox that's in 8200 than other places where let's say more of a flyer, flatter hierarchy. So they're, you know, so everything from the top and the knowledge flows both ways and you're able to, so what do you think are, these are some things people talk about, but what do you think is actually the biggest thing that helps um, Israelis that let that, uh, that enter, uh, that leave the army doing cybersecurity or in 8200, what are the advantages that they have over anyone else? 
I think if anything else, it's, it's their profile. The fact that people uh, who go into 8200, 8, they, they don't choose it as a professional career, okay? They do have to do a man. They should. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just right. Wouldn't you think like 8200 is a fantastic uh, career path? I mean, it's already. No, no. The, uh, but I'm saying, uh, if you compare it to uh, to the NSA, people go there after college. They're like 23, four, five. Uh, they go. They serve for 10 years, either as a, a contractor or as a full time. By the time they finish that, they're, they're in a different place in their lives. Whereas if you're 24. Uh, you literally have nothing to, to lose it, and you have all this energy of, of being a youngster. And what's right. very important as well, you mentioned the fact that they're doing a lot of stuff because it's, it's smaller, so everyone does more, but they work in, in small teams. So a lot of time you'll set up, uh, uh, you'll, you'll finish your military service and roughly with the same time with your peers, you, people you've worked with very closely, literally many sleepless nights, and and they're now like they're they're more than just your comrades. I mean, they they're now becoming your your co-founders. Whether in other places you have to find another co-founder and then see if you have a fit. These are people who have literally lived together for the past year, so there's very strong cohesion between them, and that makes uh, the early stages of the startups much easier because we know most startups fail because the team fall apart, not because they don't have an idea or, or ability to execute. So these guys are terrific at execution. They usually have very strong relations between them. You see many times two or three friends starting that together after serving together. And that's really something that's very unique in the world. I don't think they're brighter than people serving in NSA. Uh, definitely not. And by the way, AT200 is not the only unit to spawn cybersecurity startups. There are a lot of other companies, but they're definitely the biggest and, and they've done huge PR for themselves. That, that, that's a good point. It's important yeah. that you mentioned that there. It's it's a lot greater than that, but they are the biggest. And also yeah. something that you mentioned, as both you and I are both marketers, you know, helping out cybersecurity companies, is the PR. So uh, why don't we why don't we break off and talk about that for a minute? Uh, so Israel has, and with the help of uh, you know the, the prime minister, is a really good job at branding and PRing. Uh, Israel is a cybersecurity right. hub. But now, of course, you have to back it up. You can't just bullshit it. So it is true um, that it is a hub. For cybersecurity um, and the branding and the marketing and trying to attract people to come here has been great. So uh, two things to talk about. One, how has Israel branded and marketed now and where do you think it's going in the future? And then second, more specifically, they're trying to brand Be'er Sheva in the desert as the cybersecurity hub as opposed to Tel Aviv. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think they're succeeding? Yeah, so uh, Israel is, is rightfully regarded as a startup nation and cybersecurity nation for all the reasons that we've mentioned. Uh, the state is doing, I think, very uh, prominent efforts to continue this momentum. It, it has been out there for five years. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu has done a great job. He's, he's a marketer at heart. So that this is his turf right. and he knows how to play it. Uh, I, I think the fact that we're still seeing momentum is not so much due to the fact that what I've mentioned before, the cyber threats and the way that Israel has attacked or hasn't attacked Iran in the Stuxnet virus. I think it's due to the fact that we've seen a constant stream of very successful startups being spawned here and, and sold, okay? Uh, we've seen very large deals coming from Israel. I mean, we have the founders generation of, of checkpoints and, and the likes, big companies doing great work, but the stream of, of, of M&As and, and exits that we've seen here is, is simply staggering. 
So people know now throughout the world that not only that this is the place where people innovate because they're young uh, and very creative, but they know how to build good products, products that sell and companies right. that sell. But that helps a lot to fuel the momentum. You see a lot of money. It's not just a matter of technology okay. and innovation. Are, are we lacking any kind of management or things here? In my opinion, I mean, coming from America and working for a large enterprise, I used to work at Xerox. I mean, is that I feel like there's in general technology, I mean, I think, or I, actually in general, in general, I don't think there's really good strong mid management here in order to help companies grow. What, that's my opinion. What do you think, are, what do you think is missing from the recipe of, right, to let's say a little bit more startup cybersecurity and help them mature? Thankfully, there is a trend here in Israel for startups in general to not sell out. Out right away you know what i mean is uh, you know take funding but not get acquired um do you do you think that's also happening in cyber and what do you think is the kind of skills and services that the professionals are coming and visiting here or those that are serving cybersecurity that you can provide that we really that we really need that you can give an added benefit so uh, i think it's been discussed uh, throughout the, the couple last year because we have seen large companies come out of israel and we're slowly shifting from a startup nation to a scale-up nation. And it's not just a change that happens here. It happens throughout the world. And, and we're seeing, I think it's mainly because of the technology, the shift to the cloud, to open platforms, everything. It, it's easier to build bigger companies and bigger offering. You don't have because to. Of the cloud. Wait, you're saying because, hold up. You're saying, I just want to try I understand you. Sure. You're saying because of the cloud, because of the cloud and other technologies, it's easier for a technology company to what? What? what, to why, what I knew, okay, to scale. That's fine. But why does that stop them from being exiting and buying out? Right. So maybe, maybe your argument would be like, okay, they might not need funding because they can scale or as much funding or as soon or give as much equity because on their own without the funding, they can maybe do more scaling. But what's stopping them from wanting to sell out, check out, and move on and start another startup or all that? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, the, the two different questions. Let's talk about the technology and the processes first. So you ask why, what we're lacking in, as Israelis, and I can say very honestly that we're not very good at doing stuff at scale, uh, doing working very organized with, with methods and, and processes. So a lot of the startups that you'll be seeing here in, in, in CyberTech, their dream, their goal is to uh, shift their center of gravity to the United States. That's the biggest market. So after a year or so, the CEO will relocate, he'll hire a local team, and they'll uh, hopefully will build uh, uh, the infrastructure there. But what's the cloud is enabled, and the fact that we are, a lot of cybersecurity uh, products are now SaaS-based. So you don't have to go and meet every client, you don't have to sell, do a proof of concept. You can do right. these things over the web. So that allows the companies here to scale uh, much more before they do, and then they have to leap. Okay, they have to go there at some point. If you want to sell to enterprises, you have to be there, you have to meet them. But the fact that you can do it, so after you have, I don't know, thousand clients uh, or thousand, I don't know, active users or something like that, it, it makes a whole lot of difference. The, the flip side of that is once you grow very quickly, very fast, then your valuation increases. So obviously the number of companies or, or uh, investment bodies that can buy you, it decreases because there are now lots of money on the table. Ah, okay. you're out of the market. You, you basically yeah. priced yourself out of what a lot of people can afford. Correct. I mean, the company <laughs> that I work with, you can see Sentinel One has raised $230 million to date, might be raising more. And that, I mean, valuation is, is close to $1 billion. That's not an easy, easy check to write. 
So it's easy for companies such as that to continue to scale up and either be bought by a giant company like Intel buying Mobileye for 19 billion or, or even to IPO, which a lot of companies are again considering given that the economic uh, landscape is improving again. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So what, tell me about a little bit about Beersheva, right? So we've been trying to, as a, yeah. kind of, as a country, like, so almost all the technology is in Greater Tel Aviv, which is basically, if you do all of Greater Tel Aviv, it's like 3 million people. Tel Aviv yeah. actually within its border is, I think, like 380,000, like 400,000 people, I think. It's not even, yeah. right, something like that. Um, so technically it's like smaller than Boston, but obviously the, the metro area is almost times 10 um, and like half the country's population because we're basically a city state. Um, oh, by the way, I just want to comment to people. We have 16 people watching live right now. We've had a, a lot more come and go. If you guys have any questions, please put in the comments. You can also pick me on WhatsApp or send me a direct message on LinkedIn. Um, I'll make sure to have these tabs open. If you have any questions, ask us directly. If you comment, there is a large, um, it could take a little longer to show. So feel free to message us privately and we'll address any questions or comments you might have. Um, you can just uh, send me a LinkedIn message also. Um, anyway, so uh, back to saying, so Beresheva, wh what's the purpose? I mean, I know it's, it's very Zionist to try to kind of like to, to diversify the technology throughout the land and being, you know, doing able to do, you know, th th that's a very Zionist thing. And so Correct. it's important. And we also, we're so overly centralized right now in, um, we're overly centralized in, um, uh, in Tel Aviv, uh, concentrated, not cent more than centralized. It's good to decentralize. It's also because also the cost of living is so expensive in these areas. Now we're bringing technology and job opportunities to populations that wouldn't be able to reach them otherwise, which is excellent. So I'm wondering if maybe, uh, so please tell me, tell me a little bit about like, uh, about Beersheva and, uh, why it's unique. Uh, you know, we know there's, uh, I, I have my opinion, but I'm sure you, you probably have a lot, you're more interesting. So why don't you give it a go? So as you mentioned, Beersheba and, uh, let's say, uh, turning Beersheba into cyber capital of Israel is really, is coming from Zionist motives. Historically, Israel once been 70% uh, occupied by desert and Beersheba being the largest metropolitan in this area, it makes a lot of sense to put very strong economic uh, engines in that area and cyber could be one of them because you don't need infrastructure. I mean, you don't need resources, you don't need anything, just people and computer and, and you can have it there. Right. Uh, the, the, the thing about uh, uh, branding Beersheba as cyber, I think the cyber capital was a little too soon, okay? And the fact is for an ecosystem to thrive, you need to have like a critical mass of people, of VCs, of universities. So Beersheba is an excellent university with a, a very good cyber department uh, and they do their bit. Uh, but other than that, you're not really seeing the ecosystem of young people, of hungry entrepreneurs who are you know, craving to start new companies. And even if they do, uh, they find it hard to recruit the manpower that they need to build the technology over there. Because people don't want to travel from central Israel to Beersheba every day. It's like an hour and a half commute. And I mean, young people want to live. This is like Manhattan of Israel, right? Everyone right. wants to live in Manhattan. It's a great, it's a great, it's a great city if you're your, if you don't yeah. so, kids. Um, I love the city. So, so that's very challenging. I think what will finally tip the scales and help Beersheba become that will be just like with everything else in Israel, will be the military. There's a big shift and it's not something secret to move eight, all the entire 8-200 units from its very centrally 
convenient location very next to Tel Aviv to a, a, a base very close to Beersheba. When that happens, okay, that will always... When is that happening? When is it happening? It should have started by now. They've had some uh, hiccups. It's a big infrastructure project. It costs billions. But obviously, that needs to be done for a lot, for a lot of reasons. Uh, they're just sitting on very real, expensive real estate. It doesn't make any sense for anyone. I mean, they're very cheap manpower. You can literally locate them every, any way you want in Israel. You do have to provide them you know, with trains and buses and other infrastructure. That would happen in the next five years. And I think when this happens, I mean, people will feel a lot uh, more comfortable going from the right. army to the academy straight out and then start so a few things i want to share first off uh yam regev uh says wonderful session gents thank you uh lior mash what's up uh very interesting insightful thank you uh, that's what we're trying to do here try to provide value so if anyone has any other comments or questions please reach out to us um yeah so a couple other things also i think the university of uh, the ben Gurion university and the negatives in Bershev, i think is also very helpful and i wouldn't be surprised if you're going to start seeing a lot more cybersecurity technology courses and things in the university also like you said moving it moving the <clears throat> the space to move it there and, and all of the the army moving there but also in, in my opinion this is what this is my things i mean i I really see trends, particularly when it comes to uh, uh, demographics and cities and real estate, is that Beersheba is a great place to invest. I mean, if you're looking to buy and rent, um, what's the only city in Israel, uh, let's say outside of the Golan, it can basically go north, south, east, west. It can build in every direction. All Everyone right. else is already literally bordering another city. It's uh, you don't even know you cross the street. You're in a different municipality. You wouldn't even know <laughs> much of Israel. It's ridiculous. And um, so there's obviously, I think Beersheba is going to be in 20 years. I think it's going to be the greatest, biggest population. I think it's going to pass surpass Haifa, Tel Aviv, and Rishon Lutzion. It will be second to Jerusalem for like a decade. And then I wouldn't be surprised in 30 years, Beersheba will have the biggest population in Israel because we have a housing problem here. So you're going to start seeing a lot of easy building of houses and apartments in every direction that can lay down normal infrastructure, which we so badly need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The city can be planned from the beginning, you know, and it doesn't really have, uh, it can really build in any direction. I think it's pretty huge. There's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. So the university plays a part and it is true. Once you move 8200 there, you're a young person, you go to the army, you go to, you know, uh, 8200 or something else in the army and you're working in these technology within the army and then you leave and you have the job opportunity and you have uh, the engineers there and the army, you know what I mean? A lot of opportunities there, the partners there, and even maybe a couple of VCs there. And then I think it's going to become a real hot spot. And then, right. uh, I think you'll see uh, you know, an, an express train from Tel Aviv to, uh, or even probably shuttles uh, to Beersheba. It's really not that far. Uh, if you get rid, if you ignore traffic, that is, of course. Uh, yeah. yeah, awesome. So, uh, so let's get back into cybertech. So uh, the conference right is it's this week. It starts in two hours, about, which is cool. And then, uh, and starting, I'll be there tomorrow. Just, just so people know, I mean. I'll be there tomorrow. If you're going to CyberTech tomorrow and you want to meet up, let me know. Uh, send me a message on LinkedIn or on Facebook, or you can pop me an email. Also, we have a cybersecurity influencer platform that has taken off, and we're looking for a, couple, a few things. One, we're looking for a partner to help us build this. If you're an engineer, if you can code, uh, we're looking for someone to give equity or a rev share to, because I know I can't do this alone. Um, uh, we need someone that's actually committed and has skin in the game. And if you're a cybersecurity company or if you're a cybersecurity professional, if you're a cybersecurity company that wants your content distributed to the top cybersecurity influencers in the world who will share it with their network, I know it will come off looking more like basically 
organically and you'll get a lot of views and clicks, um, reach out to me. And if you want to be an influencer, um, that you want, you want to share this content and get compensated for it. It's very easy. Um, it, you know, I, I, you know, reach out, we'd be happy to, we'd be happy to connect you. I know Yotam, I showed you the platform and you were saying how easy it is. You just grab a link and you copy yeah. paste, and then Super get paid. Cool. It, it's, it's ridiculous. You, you find a blog you want, you copy, you paste, you share it on socials. And there's, and you know, you don't come off as an influencer. You're just sharing with original content basically. And, uh, you know, you, and then, and by the way, for the cybersecurity companies, those people get cookied and then they get remarketed very inexpensively with Google banner ads and YouTube and so on and so forth. So the value is so much more than the cheap pennies it costs in order to work with our platform. So if you're interested, please, uh, reach out to, uh, feel free to reach out to me. Um, and if you have my contact details, reach out to Yotam, he'll get us connected. So CyberTech sure. is this week. And so if I'm a professional and I'm walking around, what should I like? So let's say, I, let's say I'm coming, right? So I'm going to be there. I mean, right. We do uh, lead generation marketing. Then we have a cybersecurity influencer platform, right? Or you serve or want to serve cybersecurity companies in some capacity. What do you recommend to people coming, uh, <clears throat> to this event, uh, two things keeping in mind. One is the culture here. Let's say if it was here, as opposed to let's say in the states or the UK, will be very different when you approach uh, these founders. Very, very different. So, one, the cultural difference that they need to understand when you approach uh, founders of startups and cybersecurity in particular. And second, why this event is you is unique. I, you know, in general. So, what do you advise people that are going to be attending cyber uh, cyber tech and probably, I guess, in general, when you're going to network with Israelis? So it's a great question. Uh, the, the most you know, helpful tip I can get is once you register, you get that template. Okay. It has all, all the events in it, but in the end, you have a list of, of all the companies. Take a minute before you walk in because it is, it is crowded. It's not as big as RSA or, or Black Hat, but it is a big venue and uh, there are hundreds of companies there. Okay. Just try to think uh, which companies you want to see because it's not always easy to find. I mean, just a very practical tip. I was there yesterday, they're building everything. It's going to be very nice, but it's crowded, it's noisy. That's the way conferences are these days, okay? So take take the time and to think about which companies you actually want to meet. Uh, second of all, you talked about the uniqueness. Uh, it, we Israelis were very upfront. So that means in most of the booths, you'll find one of the founding members, that's very rare. And when you go to RSA, you see the sales team, perhaps the marketing, the members will be out there doing, doing something else, okay? So don't be afraid to come up and, and talk to the people. Uh, you can ask really difficult questions about the technology. Most of them will have demo on site, okay? So if you wanna learn about the technology, it's a great place to do it. I don't think it's a good place to have sales conversations because people you know, are very anxious to show their, their stuff to a lot of people. But the nice thing about cybertech is they have a dedicated B2B area, some nice sitting areas. You can walk outside. The weather is lovely. So you can grab a coffee, sit, sit on one of the benches outside if you really want to have like a chill down conversation. The other thing that being Israel and, and Israelis and Tel Aviv is such a nice city is if you want to meet someone and you don't have the time and they're busy at the booth, you can simply come up, take their card and then just schedule, you know, some coffee or perhaps even grab a beer afterwards. That's what I always try to do with the people that I fancy meeting. It's not a good place to have conversation. It's, it's busy. They have uh, you know, to have their attention split. So take it off site. I'm not saying don't come to the event, but if you see something interesting, uh, and another benefit is, as you all said, most of the companies are located in the area. So if you've seen someone today, the product's interesting, you wanna go, you can just schedule 
take a, a short Uber ride, meet them at their office, meet with their team, see a proper demo, and then come back to the show. You can know it all because it's quiet. It's not like RSA where people travel half around the world and except for the booth, they have don't have anything. Um, uh, the second the thing that Israelis are, are quite pushy, okay? So they'll try to sell their stuff. They'll present it as the next best thing. And uh, what I encourage you to do is, again, ask the simple question that I've raised before. Which category your product belongs to? What problem does it solve? How you do it differently? Please explain to me. If they have a demo, it's cool. Usually right. that they have the, the products is, is the, right. uh, developed to a certain extent. Don't fall for the passwords, okay? A lot of people will sell you that simply because they don't know any better. Don't fall for the what? What did you say? For the buzzwords. And the buzzwords. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, give me an example. Said, what buzzwords should people not fall, fall for? People, you, you'll come to the booth, you'll ask, it's usually with, with inexperienced founders, you ask them what they're selling and say, my product is cyber something and it's a machine learning algorithm. Right. Okay. What I tell to these people is, look, when you go to buy a new car, you don't buy the engine, you buy right. the car. The engine is one of the features. You what can explain made. to me about the feature, but tell me what does the product, does it uh, detect better, does it respond quicker, does it save me man, man hours? Mm -hmm. You're saying, you're saying founders <laughs> that even have funding, have a product, still don't have a good elevator pitch when they're asked? Uh, I think they have very good elevator pitch for investors. I don't think they know how to market their stuff. I mean, that's where you and I come in. Right. I mean, Yohan's been very uh, humble here. He's actually working with tons of cybersecurity companies. Thank you. Thank you. And, and he suffered from exactly what I'm, the, like the buzzword, the jargon. That's something that you cannot put on, on a LinkedIn ad. No one will click something that's filled with, with buzzwords. I mean, you have right. to be. And yep. also right. uh, being, you know, um, uh, a digital marketer at heart, you all know that it's all about targeting. I mean, if you're not focused, if you don't know which target audience, people won't click the ad or go to the website. Same mm -hmm. goes for, for a booth at, at a conference. I mean, the first thing you should do is ask for qualifying questions both as a seller and, and, and as a visitor, okay? And if it's not interesting, you can move on. But if it is, you know that this guy's in, I mean, you don't ask if you have a budget. But what I'll ask people is, okay, if, if my, my product is uh, dealing with cloud environments, I would ask the guy that's coming, do you have any cloud deployment? If he's a bank and they're all on-premise and stuff, then okay, it's not relevant. But if it is, you can have a more educated discussion and you don't have to give the sell pitch. The guy says, ah, oh, okay, it's not interesting. Just gives you the card and, and walks away. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, so you bring up something really good. And I think this really goes to anything in life, particularly when business is that you got to come prepared. I mean, if you're coming to this event, you don't know who you want to speak to and what you want to speak with. I mean, there's a great, they have a networking app that's kind of buggy, but works. I mean, so, I mean, I've already got a list of who we're going to visit who, their name, their company, their name, some of their phone numbers and email so I can reach them so we can speak to them directly about our cybersecurity influencer platform. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like you, you come prepared, have a little bit of a roadmap because like you said, you'll get in there and it's just like, we'll be busy, we'll be crowded, we'll be loud. Like, so have a little bit of a game plan. Like, what are your goals? Who are the companies you must speak to? Go with them first, right? Um, or the professional you want to meet with, knock that out of the way first. Uh, you know, take advantage of that. And if you get there early, by the way, which is always my advice, get there early and you can speak to them when there aren't lines, you know, don't go and get that coffee and sit and relax with your friends, you know, don't sit on your hands, uh, go out there and speak to the companies that you can help. We're really here in the end. We're like, obviously we are all, whether you're a cybersecurity company or you're an investor or you're a professional, obviously we all want 
the more business you want to grow, but we only do that by providing value and by making human to human connections, even though cybersecurity, it might think so it's, it's so non-human in a sense, but it's really so imperatively human. Um, so make sure, particularly here in Israel, so make sure you make those human to human connections and don't just hang out within your comfort zone, step out of your comfort zone, because if you're going to talk to Israelis, they are going to take you out of your comfort zone. I absolutely promise you. So you want to make sure to, <laughs> so if you're not going to be in control to step out of your comfort zone, they're going to drag you out of it and you'll be a yeah. little bit confused and you won't be able to maximize the opportunity. And the I just want to chime in on that last point because you're, you're making us look bad. If you do come to a booth and you speak to the, the guys over there and you find that it's not interesting for you, the next thing you should do is ask them, okay, this is what I'm interested in. Can you please guide me to the company I should visit? And very sometimes good. they very will good. walk out of the booth and they will take you to their neighbors. It could be their competitors. Right. That's they, exactly right. That's uniquely They, they don't mind because they know cyber is a big area. No one can have all the products and it's okay. You can have more than several cybersecurity products. It's best for them to give you a helpful advice down the way. Perhaps in a couple of years, you'll need their product and then you'll come calling them. People will do that for you. I'll do this for you. If you have any need, you want to meet a specific company, just ping me on LinkedIn. I'll tell you where to go. Even if there are competitors, right. I don't mind because I know That's it's cool. better that you don't waste your time on, on people who don't provide any value, as you all mentioned. Well, likewise, I mean, sometimes some people come, you know, they come to us to do the LinkedIn advertising and lead generation, things of the sort. And if they find that we're uh, too expensive or not the right fit, I know there are people I'm happy to connect them with it. You know, you can say our competitors, but there's a, uh, as my dad says, referring to the dating scene, there's many fish in the sea. So, <laughs> you know, it's good, you know, have a good reputation, go out and try to help people and, and be a connector and you'll be surprised what goes around comes around. And actually it's very uniquely Israeli is that you would have competitors because in the end, you know, the ecosystem, if there isn't an ecosystem, it's not helpful. It's just like having a store, right, in a mall. And you want the other malls, even if they're competing and selling similar clothes, if they all go away, if you don't have your competition around and you're by, you don't have an ecosystem, you're a dead mall and no one's coming to the mall and therefore no one's coming to your store, right? Correct. So you, it's very important to have a lot of players. It's important to have an ecosystem. It's important, it's important to walk people over and show them, here, I can't help you, but they can. Let me help. You know what I mean? And, and, hand, and hand it over that way. It's a very... It's a mature, mature thing to do. Awesome. Uh, before we end this and sign off, anything else regarding cyber tech you think people need to know or need to know about visiting Israel and cybersecurity? Yeah, it's it's also relates to our last comment. There are a lot of other side events, uh, some of them by VCs, other by companies. You have some off-sites, CISO uh, delegation, people coming from abroad. If you want to participate and, and you're not sure, I mean, just ask around. There isn't a directory that lists all these events. But if you go to one of the VC uh, booths in the show, they'll tell you if they have any events, if there's, they still have any locations. Uh, you can speak to people. Uh, and if you're staying for the weekend, as you all said, I mean, just consult with the local, uh, ask them what to do. It's, it's, it's fairly nice weather this week in that regard, but it's getting a little bit shitty over the weekend. So you might want to consult with people. You don't want to go all the way to Jerusalem just to find that it's raining and cold. You might be going to the desert and enjoy sunshine or even, even bathe in the Dead Sea. So again, ask around. We're not shy. We'll definitely help you. And if we can't, we'll take you to someone who can. Awesome. Um, and where can people find you? If I'll be standing at Sentinel's one booth. So that you walk all the way to the end, you'll see us and you can ping me. I'll, I'll probably be wandering the halls. I mean, so listen, I tell we, 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 
Will you be checking your LinkedIn messages? They can message you here on LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, sure. All and right, as so as you and myself, we cannot walk through the halls without saying hi every, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> two seconds or so. Right. So it's, and it's like that with the ecosystem. We're not unique. Everybody right. knows everybody else. It's kind of like a gathering. So in that sense, it's very familiar and nice. It's like a, it's like a it's like a high school reunion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you see Yotam or myself at the conference, I'll be there tomorrow on Wednesday. Uh, feel free to come up and say hi. Um, and uh, just uh, and one of few last words for a couple people, just a little bit of house cleaning. If you're interested in cybersecurity, influencer marketing, the only platform in the world, reach out to us. Whether you're a cybersecurity company that wants your information shared with CISOs and the most important influencers, or if you're posting about cybersecurity already on socials, you don't have to be a big influencer if you're posting on it and that's your and you're in that profession in that space and you're already sharing that stuff we curate the content you get compensated for it uh please message or ping me or if you need any other lead generation for cybersecurity companies uh we're here to help and uh welcome to israel enjoy cybertech and if you have any questions you close reach out to yotam or myself we're happy to help all right signing off everyone thank you cheers bye all.